I'm Craig Fisher, and this is Inside Talent, where we take you into the minds behind the scenes and show you some of the coolest tools and best practices of some of the coolest people in the talent industry. Hey, it's Craig Fisher. Today I'm talking with Lars Schmidt, who has been putting together a database of resources for employers and from employers, uh, some of their corporate communications about the uh, current crisis and how they're dealing with it, um, listings of companies who are hiring, and several other things in a document where uh, I will post the link for here. Uh, you can actually find out information about it if you go on places like Twitter and search for hashtag coronavirus HR. Hey, it's Craig Fisher. I'm here with my friend Lars Schmidt. Lars, how are you? Craig, I'm doing all right, buddy. How are you? I'm coping. I'm getting through. <laughs> yeah, I think coping it all right is kind of uh, that's the best we can uh, we can hope for right now. Yeah, and um, it's 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 a weird time. Uh, and as people who work from home on a regular basis, this doesn't change a lot for us, except that we're not traveling. Um, yeah. The you know uh, conferences we're supposed to be speaking at are getting either canceled or pushed back or changed to virtual events, uh, and so. That's fine for you and me because we have home office video studios set up and always ready to go. Uh, yep. For a lot of people, this is just um, completely new. They're not around their coworkers. Everything is happening in virtual meetings, and it's just uh, it's just a little strange, I think. I mean, it's a big adjustment. I mean, let's let's be honest with this. It's like you've got tons of people who um, had never or rarely worked from home, and at a massive global scale you're forced into that position. And you know, obviously we're talking about a subset of the working population. There's tons of people that don't have the luxury of working. from home. That's right. a very different situation, but the folks that do, um, yeah, it's, it's not, you know, it is an adjustment. You, you have to shift. And so kind of seeing how companies are trying to do that seemingly overnight, is, uh, <laughs> you know, is interesting. And, and thank God there's tons of resources out there to, uh, you know, help them adjust and talk about tools. And you've been creating content around, you know, how to get better video from home and things like that. I think that's really helpful, but we're in this like weird in-between period as we transition to whatever this new normal is and for however long it's going to last and try to develop our new, you know, operating rhythms and cadences. Right. Uh, Allegis has been putting resources together for our um, providers uh, on the MSP side who are you know, staffing vendors to, uh, you know, our big customers, uh, as well as our teams who do the outsourced RPO work for, you know, Fortune 500 companies all over the world and um, and giving the employers best practices as to how we're going to manage through this, um, how we're going to do offers remotely and uh, and interviews and, and, and everything else. And uh, it's 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 staggering the um, volume of information that needs to be out there right now. Yeah. Well, yeah. and so you have started putting together uh, a very interesting document and library of resources for that kind of information. Uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about that? And uh, I, I find this to be very helpful for me personally, and I'm trying to add to it when I can as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it started uh, probably three weeks ago. I guess we should timestamp this. You know, it's March 20th right now. So right. Uh, about three weeks ago, I wrote a, an article for Fast Company around how HR leaders are preparing their businesses for coronavirus. And so 
my aim with that was to, this was soon after Coinbase, uh, Coinbase open source their uh, coronavirus response plan document, which kind of became the first uh, you know, coronavirus specific uh, response plan that a lot of other companies modeled off of. And so I took that and I curated a bunch of other resources around, you know, GitLab's work from home resources, um, things like that, uh, because I, I, I knew that people were gonna need that kind of support. And, you know, within about two days, the situation was changing so fast I realized quickly that a, a static document was just not going to work for the scale and the complexity and the velocity of this situation. And so I created a Google Doc and made it open source where I kind of pulled a lot of those resources that I initially curated for the Fast Company article, um, but then tapped into my network and kind of pushed hard and said, hey, look, if you're using anything that's helpful, add it to this list. If you're open to sharing your own coronavirus response plans, add that to this list. And within the matter of you know days, it became a pretty massive list that was originally kind of in phase one of the pandemic focused on coronavirus response plans, um, conference you know, cancellations and suspensions and companies that were uh, limiting travel and encouraging remote work. Um, now it's kind of evolved now that we're in what I would consider to be phase two of the pandemic. Um, you know, the conversation around like who's suspending travel is kind of moot at this point. Uh, you know, that's happening at a global scale. And so now it's kind of evolved. I still link to those resources and keep them current, um, but it's now more focused on resources to support HR and business leaders um, navigate this new normal. So from remote work to, you know, legal ramifications to, um, you know, resources to help parents who've got their kids at home now and are juggling school and work and everything else to, um, you know, companies that are, uh, having layoffs to alternatives to layoffs to, you know, help people realize they're, they're, you know, that's not your only option. There's other things you can do to trim costs, um, to just yesterday. I mean, it's evolving still on a day-to-day -day basis where, you know, just yesterday, uh, you know, Susan Lamott reached out and said, Hey, it'd be great if there's a section on there with companies that are hiring. Um, and within a day now there's, you know, probably 30 companies listed on there, um, that are actively hiring. And I imagine that piece will kind of get beeped out. Um, even more as, you know, a lot of companies pause and contract their hiring, um, but others based on the circumstances are expanding that. Um, you know, we want to try to make this a resource as well for people that are impacted by reductions uh, and rifts and layoffs um, to help them find companies that are still hiring. Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, and so speaking of that, um, it, the, the companies that are hiring, so I think we talked about this. Um, Allegis uh, does work with CVS, yeah. and they are one of the companies that are hiring because they've got because they've got physical locations in you know so many parts of the world, and uh, and because they have this um, you know uh, pharmacy distribution system where you can mail order your stuff. Right, they've got lots of needs in warehousing and um, and call centers and getting the word out to the right audiences of people who are getting laid off is an interesting trick, right? I mean, there are EEOC guidelines around ads you can target uh, to certain types of workers, right? And so <clears throat> I think a broader message uh, about where the resources are and where, you know, I think this is a great resource for job seekers as well as employers and recruiters. Um, Alan Fleur started uh, the Facebook uh, group around companies that are laying off so that mm -hmm. we know as recruiters, um, you know, who we can go find uh, 
uh, for some of these jobs. And now you've got the um, uh, companies that are hiring still uh, included in this document. Uh, We need to marry the two somehow a little bit and, uh, and, and get, I don't know, some sort of searchable database, I feel like. uh, And yeah, yeah. I mean, I think what you're seeing right now is like, as this is, is unfolding so quickly, um, a lot of the resources are kind of hacked together, right? Like this right. Google Doc certainly hacked together. Um, I think there's tons of Google Docs that are popping up that are great for collaborative editing, um, but they're not elegant, right? right. They're, uh, they're, they're hacked. And so I think that that will be the next phase of this. Like uh, as, as things, um, you know, settle is not the right word because things aren't going to settle for a while. But right. as, as we, as we collectively make this shift from, you know, our, past normal to our new normal and settle into that, um, I think you'll start to see technology and and other platforms that can aggregate those sources and make it more UX friendly, um, you know, make it more searchable, right? So it's not just a static document with links, something you can search by geography, skill set. I mean, a typical job board functionality um, and a database for talent, you know, I could see, and that would be, you know, if you're a vendor listening to this in that space, you know, hint, hint, that might be a great way that you can give back to the community is kind of creating that platform, whether it would be like a, a LinkedIn or an Indeed or whoever. You've got the technology, you've got the infrastructure. So, you know, creating something that lives outside of your, you know, kind of core ecosystem um, where people can upload their profiles um, and, uh, you know, upload jobs at no cost. I think that would be a great, you know, service for the community because it's going to be, it's going to be a volatile, you know, couple of months at best, you know, probably year. So right. uh, wherever I think we can come together as a community to try to help streamline some of those things and, you know, help job seekers, help, you know, humans that are impacted by this. Um, I think that's a real service we can provide. This sounds to me like an interesting project for my quantum work team. And you've just mm-hmm. given me a great idea. There you go. <laughs> Um, so uh, one of the things that I'm finding, finding, uh, interesting is you've got, um, some lists of alternatives to layoffs for employers. Right. And, uh, I was on, so one of the great things that we're getting to do now, uh, as you know, uh, recruiters and, and consultants and vendors in, in our space is get together on a regular basis on these kind of group calls, which we've kind of done here and there but not yeah. nearly as often as we're doing now. Um, but we're sharing, you know, ideas and resources and just keeping each other sane, right? From being locked <laughs> up in the house, uh, yep. which is fun. But uh, Dean DaCosta uh, wrote something recently and was saying yesterday when he hears from employers that want to uh, lay off recruiters because they're not hiring right now. He says, well, look, how long does it take to uh, lay somebody off, right? You can do that overnight, but then how long does it take to ramp somebody back up if you want to hire them? It's two months to find and hire them. Then it's three months before they're productive. The math doesn't really work if you're only going to be, you know, laying people off for uh, two to six months. Um, And and so you're spending an average of $250,000 more in man hours, training, ramp up time and loss of productive productivity. per person that you lay off, which I think is a, a fun math. Yeah, I mean, like, I think companies are, you know, just like you know, people, right? People are, are uncertain, they're, uh, they're anxious, they don't know 
uh, the ultimate impact this is going to have over time. And I think for companies, you know, they're, this just hit them, a lot of them, a lot of them weren't really paying attention, uh, you know, and so now, boom, it's here, it's changed seemingly for them overnight. And so, um, you know, their you know, the service industry right now is getting hammered, um, you know, as people are staying home. And so, uh, you know, other industries, I think, are, are, you know, not necessarily as immediately impact, but there's trickle down impacts from just that whole sector, essentially being kind of shut down overnight. So, um, yeah, I think a lot of companies are are thinking about cost cutting measures. I think you know consultants and contractors tends to come first in that. I think that the uh, the aim of having that section for alternatives is to say like you know, your your default may be you know cutting headcount, but there's other things that you can do, and frankly, you should do before you get to that point. And even if you get to that point where you've done all those other things and you still need to tighten and control costs more, you know there are alternatives to just flat cutting people. Right. Um, so I, I want to include some of those links just because, again, I think as an HR community, we're all experiencing this for the first time. Like there's lots of HR leaders that have been through different levels of adversity, but nothing quite like this. And so wherever we can, to me, you know, this is where open source shines because it allows people to see what their peers are doing, how they're approaching things and, you know, use that to help inform their own strategy. And I think uh, in, in particular, when it comes to, you know, companies that are getting to that point, um, having an idea of how other companies might be approaching that more creatively without just traditionally saying, okay, we're going to cut 10% of the workforce. Um, you know, having an idea of, of what that, what those plans look like, um, I think can be helpful and ultimately, hopefully save some jobs. I think you're right. Uh, no one was prepared for this clearly, right? I mean, that's, it's just not possible. I think uh, lots of positive things are going to end up coming out of this somehow, right? I mean, advances in communication and technology and preparedness plans. And, you know, there there have, has to be a silver lining somewhere. But um, I think we're looking at a, you know, a two year long tail uh, at the economic impact at the very least. Um, but I heard recently, you mentioned uh, hospitality sector. Um, state governments right now are in this country uh, responsible for uh, response plans, right? The, we're not getting a lot of uh, top-down leadership from the national government on this. They're they're leaving it up to the states, which some somehow makes sense and somehow doesn't. But uh, regardless, they are out of space for the response that they have to give um, to their constituents in the in those states, right? So they've now got to um, you know release uh, immediate. Uh, you know, um, funds for those who are out of work because that that money is now immediately available. They've got to answer uh, tax questions and health questions and testing questions and all these things. And they don't have the space to put people far enough apart in call centers to keep them safe. And they don't have the remote work capabilities to set that up as well. So I'm hearing that hotel chains that are now not booking customers um, are offering up their large warehouses that are, you know, basically big call centers uh, yeah. to state governments for this. So interesting alternatives are happening and ways to, um, you know, churn some of this money uh, that's being dumped into the economy are, are, are springing up, which is fun. Yeah. I mean, look, I think that this is, um, you know, in this set of circumstances and adversity, um, you know, ingenuity is we're going to, we're going to see some really interesting examples of that. You know, I think looking at, hotels which are very underbooked near hospitals like i i see there'll be a partnership there you know especially as the cases mount and the hospitals become overwhelmed if they can right. take 
you know, non-coronavirus patients and put them somewhere else so they're, they're not in that kind of ICU level need. Um, they can focus on more of the you know, high-level trauma uh, patients at the hospitals. That will be relief. Obviously, video technology and you know, virtual technology is going to be massive because it's going to be essential um, you know, through this year. Uh, and so I think that we'll see that. And, and other, uh, other platforms that hopefully can help you know, bring people together, especially this, you know, I, don't, I don't want to underestimate the, the impact of you know, physical distancing, right? Like you can, uh, you know, you're, if you're doing what you can to really stay home, like that connection to your fellow humans and your family and, and all these people that you're used to seeing all the time and now you can't. Uh, outside of this, right, through a camera, um, that's going to be really difficult, I, I think, for people to to kind of process, especially over time. So um, finding new ways to connect with each other um, and, and doing it through a platform that is usually a, you know, every now and then thing, and now it's an all the time thing. I think that's going to be a, a big adjustment, but I think there'll be some interesting technologies coming from that. Well, with that said, Lars, it's good to see you. Good to see you too, buddy. It's always good to see you, Craig. <laughs> uh, thanks for this update. Uh, I appreciate it. And uh, keep up the good work, fight the good fight, and um, we'll continue adding to this document and, uh, and, and you know, marrying technology to help employers and job seekers out. There you go, buddy. Well, uh, thanks for having me on and uh, spreading the word in the doc. And uh, take care of yourself and be well. Cheers. All right, buddy. Thank you for listening to Inside Talent. Learn more about the future of talent today at InsideTalent.org, where you can sign up for regular updates, and you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app.